All right, everybody, I am here today with Alex Bellini. Alex is the co-founder of Fuse Financial. How are you doing today, Alex? Hey, James, I'm well. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me. Awesome, yeah. So I'm really excited about today's podcast, actually. I got a chance to talk to Alex and his team a few times, and they've got a really unique technology that's leveraging transaction data uh, for positive reviews, uh, text marketing, things like that. And so we're going to dive into that. But Alex, before we get into that today, give us a little background. Tell us how you got into the industry uh, and you know how you ended up co-founding Fuse Financial. Yeah, yeah, sure. Happy to. So a little bit of my, uh, my backstory. So before Fuse uh, Financial, uh, my background is more on the software and actually on the lending side, not so much on the payment side. Right. Um, so most recently, um, we, we launched, uh, launched a con- consumer lending company. And as a direct lender, we we're financing a lot of automotive repairs, doing instant funding via these prepaid debit cards direct to merchants. Sure. It's a couple of years back. And at the time, we were looking for additional monetization tools. We had a few thousand merchants in our, in our program. And so we we're looking at payments. And, and so we asked our merchants, really small businesses, small, medium-sized businesses, what are one of their biggest concerns? And it really was online uh, reputation, online right. reputation and managing that. Um, and so, you know, with that, not so much a payments background, just kind of diving in, trying to figure out a and put a good tool together for those merchants. Um, yeah, that's how we, we came up with Fuse Review. Love it. Love it. So let's, I want to just kind of start with the consumer point of view, Alex, if we can do that. So how does that work? So like, uh, you know, from the customer's perspective, they walk into a business that's using Fuse Financial, they go up to process a payment. What happens for the consumer? Yeah. So we try to keep the consumer experience as simple as possible here. So when a consumer visits a merchant that's using Fuse Review, let's use a quick serve restaurant as an example. The consumer provides their phone number to that merchant. Merchant completes a transaction really on any POS device. Could be a Deja Vu Z8 or more sophisticated like a Clover Station. Within a couple minutes, it's actually a preset time. The consumer receives a text message asking them to rate their experience at that merchant on a scale of one to five. Now this is the out of the box solution. Good reviews, so good surveys, those get pushed to Google, Yelp, Facebook, Angie's List, really wherever the merchant wants. And the bad ones are sent straight back to the merchant. Um, they can view it all on their dashboard. And that way, the bad experiences aren't getting posted, but the merch, the, cons- the customer, consumer, is able to sort of have their voice heard and the merchant is able to make any adjustments to better that consumer experience in the future. Got it. So let me, let's unpack this a little bit. So I, so first of all, just to clarify here, um, I'm assuming that the merchant is like saying something to the consumer like, Hey, you know, we, would you be willing to give us a, a review? We could send you a text message. It just takes a few seconds. Like that, right. They're saying something to ask for that phone number, right? That That's correct. Yeah. Okay, so cool. the phone number acquisition is, sort of a science in and of itself. And there are different ways to do it. And we have a lot of different best practices we share depending on the category of that merchant. Could be as simple as, hey, you know, would you mind sharing with us a quick survey? It could be part of a loyalty program. Um, It could come from actually an existing customer database. We have a whole SMS uh, text marketing program um, that can piggyback off that as well. But we try to keep it as simple as possible. 
Um, but those are just a couple examples of, of how they can acquire the phone numbers. Got it. And then as far as kind of managing these reviews, it sounds like what you're saying is, you know, as a business owner, I don't necessarily want to send every customer directly to Google, directly to Yelp to post their review because it might be a negative review. It would be better if I was controlling that a little bit. So I'm getting a message of like, hey, if it's a good review, let's send them right over to Yelp, right over to Google to post more about that, you know, their experience. If it's a negative review as a business owner, I want to get that back so I can help you know make that customer satisfied before they end up on Yelp or they end up on Google posting something negative. Is that kind of what you're saying? That's exactly it. So, I mean, the key is to have authentic, good reviews, post and stick to the review sites that matter and to filter out the bad ones. That's how we have that built-in filtering uh, method and the merchant can toggle that up or down as they fit. They could say, I only want surveys of five out of five being sent over or right. four out of five. We recommend a four, but some merchants say they only want the best ones. Um, so they can adjust that. <laughs> sure. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Okay. So now we got that consumer. And by the way, for those you know listening here, I mean, like I actually, you know, I had them actually send me as a consumer, you know, what I would get. And uh, it's actually pretty slick. I mean, it's not when I, when I heard the idea at first, I was like, oh, that sounds a little bit onerous. Like as a consumer, I have to stop and do this. But the reality is it's actually not that difficult at all. I mean, you know, it's, it, it makes total sense. You just put it in there and if it's a good review, it takes you over to Yelp or wherever. So, um, so that was pretty cool. So it's a slick solution. So then let's, let's go down that, that pathway a little further, Alex. So after this review, well now I, I would imagine in addition to the fact that I got a, a positive review, I also now have a phone number in my text marketing system or whatever. And then I can do some kind of text marketing to this person as well. Right. That's correct. Yeah. So built within our system is a, a full-blown SMS and MMS marketing solution. So merchants are using that to schedule marketing campaigns 20% off, use this coupon. And that is great for, you know, sort of the omni-channel approach, right? For right. e-commerce as well as uh, brick and mortar. And so we can kind of cross over and live on both sides there with that approach. Um, but yeah, a great, you know, marketing tool and, and way to monetize all of that data. Right. And, and so let's talk a little bit more about that as far as from the business owner's perspective and how valuable this stuff is, because, you know, in my opinion, I mean, like, you know, you look at something like email marketing, you know, email marketing. Now you're lucky to get, you know, 12%, 20%, you know, 12 to 20% open rates is considered very good, even if people know who you are. Um, you know, Facebook advertising is effective for sure, but it's, you know, you really have to target a lot of people versus text messaging. Talk a little bit about the importance of that, having that channel and kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, significantly higher open rates and things like that. So talk about the, both the, the, the importance of the review for the business owner, but then also that on the back end, that value of having that phone number, why is this so important for business owners to grasp and to, to get control of? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and really the text message open rates are, they are remarkable. And, and that really is the key here. I mean, just earlier this morning, I did um, a launch for a new ISO that's, that's rolling out our, our platform. And one of the statistics we used, and I believe it's from uh, Bright Local or maybe Status Labs, it's 64% um, open rate on text versus you know, uh, a much, much lower open rate on email. Right. So, right. Um, so that's, you know, that's key demonstrating the value of the review to these small and medium businesses is really, um, you know, one star increase. This is from status labs, a one star 
increased rating on Yelp can lead to a, a five to nine percent increase in restaurant revenue. You know, wow. so these are important. These are relevant. They are meaningful um, to these small and medium sized businesses. And, you know, it really helps them because of how we price our product, that it really helps them compete on a larger scale, you know, up their Yelp reviews, up their Google reviews um, to drive more traffic in the door, thereby increasing revenue. And then what do they do with the data that they're sitting on? Oh, well, we have an easy way for them to go into their dashboard. Anybody can do this. And you'd be surprised some of the less sophisticated merchants, they do our little walkthrough tutorial on our system. They're sending out some pretty cool uh, text marketing campaigns. So um, right. yes, text is super relevant. It's a really big topic right now. Yep. Um, the open rates are way higher. We handle all the TCPA, all the compliance elements of that. We right. handle that. We there's a snippet that that we like, you know, being added in there and reply stop to end, et cetera. So we do handle all that as well, um, from compliance too. So you know, a couple things about this that I, I really like and I want to dig into a little bit. Um, you know, one of them is just text marketing in general. Do you, like my opinion on this is that this is still probably the best form of marketing that you can sell to a small mom and pop shop for the simple reason you just said, Alex, which is, you know, they can go in there and do text marketing. Like, I don't care how unsophisticated, I don't care if you have a 75 year old business owner, at this point, everybody is texting. Like, we get it. You know, with Facebook ads, you got to have a good image, you got to have ad copy if you want to do, you know, a different, you know, a billboard, you got to have a designer. Like, you know, no matter what it is, it's like there's this additional creative variable. But with text marketing, I mean, you can have a little bit of that, but it's really cool because, you know, you can literally just type a text that says, today we're doing 10% off when you buy three slices of pizza or whatever, right? And you can like send that out. So so talk a little bit about that, Alex. I mean, am I, am I right there that that's kind of like a, text marketing is one of these things that's like the simplest channel for you to actually get your small business owners to take action and do something with it? Yeah, what, what's, what's really cool with that, James, is, um, we go through and we'll explain it to the merchant and they, they do their, their little walkthrough tutorial the first time they log in on the dashboard and they're like, what does it mean? They don't, they don't know what a meme is. And then 20 minutes later, <laughs> they've been able to customize one and send it out um, to their audience. Cause sure. like that drives traffic. Yeah. Right? I mean, oh, that, absolutely. Yes. You know, that, that does it, that gets them in the door, you know, and, and, right, and, right. you know, they all know how to text. I mean, they use emojis. Um, yeah. Know, they get it. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, cool. definitely, you know, makes a big, a big impact and just sort of like tying those two tools together and realizing, you know, the texting isn't just for friends and family, but you can use that for your small business and, and help drive traffic, drive revenue. And, you know, let's be honest here for, you know, all of us in the payment space, right. It's, you know, race to the bottom. It's, you know, we're coming in, Let's look at some value ads and how can right. we differentiate. Um, and so, you know, being able to bring this in, increase revenue through tools like this, like that's that's what we're here for. Like that's right. what we're doing. Right. Um, so every time we look at new product features, stuff like that, it's all feedback from the field. You know, that's right. where it's coming from. It's, hey, my merchants are looking at this. They want this. Or, you know, can we make some adjustments and tweak to this, tweaks to this? And, you sure. know, just sort of having your, you know, having your ear to the ground. So, so now what I want to do, Alex, let's shift gears a little bit because I want to, I really want to dig into the technical side of this a little bit. And so let me, let me preface this um, because 
this is crucial. So many people right now that are listening are like, oh, great. James is interviewing another value add that, you know, we can't really sell to the merchant because it's complicated and we're trying to pitch merchant services and we can't, you know. So one of the reasons I'm so excited about this particular interview <clears throat> is that what Alex and his uh, team have done at Fuse is that they have broken this up into kind of two different things. So we have this review thing. And then we have, of course, the text marketing. Now, the text marketing is, you know, again, very simple, but still, I get it, a little bit more complicated, almost more of like an upsell thing of like this other thing. But what I want you to do, Alex, is talk to us about this review thing and how simple this is and how you guys actually set it up on the back end through the transaction data so that it will work with basically any terminal or POS system or whatever. So give us a little bit of the context of like what it really looks like to implement this for a merchant, just the most basic part of it and the simple part of it. Yeah. So this is, this is the really cool part. Um, and to be, to be honest, we didn't really know, this until after we had built it i such that oh right this is really is a cross-platform until after we built it out and then we started you know rolling the product out a while ago for the, for the review platform very simple the text review increase good reviews decrease bad reviews works on any device from a z8 simple countertop device to a more sophisticated clover point system whatever it is because we fetch the transaction data on either the processor or the gateway level. So it doesn't matter what device it is. And we work on e-commerce as well because the transactions have to get, go through somewhere, right? So right. It, it really, it doesn't matter what device it is. We can work with it. We can integrate it. And it's really, really simple. We say integrate, and I think that's a more complicated word than what we should use. We'll right. think of a different word to substitute. Um, <laughs> But, but, but yeah, so, you know, we're fetching that transaction data on those levels. So whatever is happening on any of those mids that are associated with us, you know, we're grabbing that and it's automating this process really simple and it's all real time. So, so because I, this really uh, confused me initially when I heard this idea, I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, how are you getting it? So walk us through that. Like, let's say we have a merchant they currently have, let's say they have a Z8 right now. Um, what, what do we have to do to that terminal? And then how are you getting the transaction data? Yeah. So, so they have a Z8. We have the merchant turn on a field on the Z8. There's actually a phone number field that Deja Vu put on the system. Nobody right. uses it. Um, so we walk the merchant through. It, it, Josh does it from our office. It's really, really simple. If you know the buttons, the magical buttons to press on the, on the terminal, you get the field up and they can then, so we get the field up. Then we behind the scenes grab the key or secret token for that terminal that corresponds with that mid, right? Just for that mid. And now the merchant's able to enter the phone number right on that terminal, process the transaction and real time our crons are running and we're grabbing that data and it automates our process. That's, just, that's how simple it is. Uh, with our system. And that's why we're able to, to do, you know, a thousand mid uploads that quickly. Right. Um, they just, you know, a mass upload in our, in our back end. Right. So, so I think what I hear you saying, just to clarify this, so obviously this is processor agnostic. I'm sure there's certain ones you work with more than others, but this is processor agnostic. It sounds like, and, and what you're saying is that, you know, basically 
these processors all have APIs and things where when a transaction is processed on the terminal, that transaction data is sent. Now, the card number, the cardholder information, of course, is encrypted. And so it's not like you can just grab a credit card number through something like this. But you can grab one of these other fields like a phone number field, and that will come through with the transaction. So when the transaction happens, you're gra grabbing that that specific field on the back end. And so you're getting that authorization to grab that from that processor, that phone number field, grabbing the phone number, then sending an SMS text message to that consumer to prompt them to do the review. Is, is that is that what I hear you saying? That's correct. Yeah, we do. Depending on um, the the processor, there there's different integrations we have, like order or or payments, things like that. Um, but we are every time you're getting the phone number and some of the data, but not the full card number, things like that. Of course. Got it. Got it. And then, so then let's switch gears again a little bit. So that's, that's kind of how simple it is. And, and I think even, again, just to clarify, I mean, when you told me the idea, I'm like, wow, like the real power of that is, I mean, that could even be like an opt out solution, not just an opt in. I mean, literally a processor that has, you know, 10,000 mids could say, we're going to just provide this review service by itself to our, uh, you know, merchants and literally just say it's an opt out because, you, you know, everybody has this and, um, and they've, they've got their little dashboard. They could go look at the reviews that have been posted and things like that. So that's really powerful. Um, and then I believe you, you mentioned also that it works on things like you have, I'm, I'm guessing, like a Clover app or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so we, we have an app on the Clover market. Um, you know, we're working with Point and a num number of the other um, payment terminal POS providers on those more sophisticated solutions right. as well. So, so yeah, that that's correct. And um, the opt out is, you know, our, our we call it Fuse Review Light. But yeah, yeah. So it, it does work on that on those platforms. And then one thing I just realized that I kind of brushed over there. Can you talk about the dashboard a little bit? So on the like Fuse Light, the kind of thing that would be maybe an opt out where it's really kind of inexpensive, you know, just the review thing. Um, what what does the merchant get on the back end as far as they would, I guess, like log in somewhere to see the reviews that have been posted? Can you talk a little bit about that part of it? Yeah, so on, on the opt-out, because we drive that price way, way down on opt-out, there's still a, a good amount of features, simple. Uh, online review generation, we do Google only on opt-out. Um, they get the ability for the SMS and MMS marketing, and they can manage their reviews in one dashboard, the merchant. It's all features for the merchant. Right. Um, so they get all of that on their merchant portal. They get a login. Um, they get an email, they get a login, they get a walkthrough tutorial on that. It's all sort of all in one package. Um, there's some analytics and things like that, but those are those are the key points. That's the get more good reviews, fewer bad reviews. It's right. that simple. Got it. Okay. All right. So then as far as implementing this at the ISO level, we just we've we've said the word opt out a couple of times, opt in. Uh, let, let me clarify that, and then and then I want to, to ask you about, you know, talk to us about how an ISO would actually go about working with you guys to implement this thing. So when we say opt-out, what we're talking about is I've got 10,000 mids. I'm going to go ahead and add a fee of $7.95 or $9.95 or whatever it is. I'm going to add a fee to all 10,000 and notify all of them via email or whatever. Hey, 
we have this new program that we've enabled for you. If you don't want it, let us know. Here's your link where you can go to log into a dashboard and use this thing. Um, that's something that happens in our industry. If it's something that's simple enough that you can just say, hey, we added this thing for you. This is that's an opt out. And so um, that's that's the opt out. The opt in would be, you know, hey, we have this program. Um, you know, you can sign up for it or whatever. So so talk to us, you know, within that context, you know, Alex, uh, how do you work with ISOs? Give us a little context of like, why would an ISO work with you and, and how would that work? Yeah. And so really the the big key there is bringing that value and really solving that merchant attrition problem, right? It was it Sachs claimed last year, it cost like something $2 billion and then just people switching hands, right? Right. And so, you know, bringing that value forward and driving that cost down gets them a lot of the key features. And at least it's enough to say, hey, you're with us you're with us as a processor, you know, we value your business. And these are some, this is a, a tool that we're, we're going to start providing to you um, to help you increase your revenue. And I mean, if you think about it, increase in revenue, increase in processing, et cetera. So, um, you know, that is just kind of a win-win. Um, but, but yeah, so that would be the way to structure, you know, Got the it. way we structure our opt-outs. Got it. And, um, so and then from, Onboarding, it's just a, a mass upload, um, you know, that we do sort of overnight. Got it. Okay. And so then on the financial side, obviously the numbers would vary on the size of the ISO, but as I understand it, you're saying this is like a, a per mid per month type, you know, cost to the ISO that they can choose to pass on in whatever they, way they want. And then they would obviously make the, the margin on, you know, what they charge the merchant versus what they pay you. Is that, is that kind of the idea here? That's correct. Yeah. So we have a buy rate um, that scales up um, by the number of mids and then, you know, they, you know, pass that on and then, you know, we sit back and, and manage all of it. And um, if any of the mids want a higher bandwidth, like, so you have somebody doing a whole bunch of transactions, that's like, Hey, this is great. I really, I want to be able to do more of this, right. um, more reviews, more SMS marketing. Great. Well then, you know, we have packages that they can, they can purchase, um, to get a higher bandwidth. And then, you know, we do a rev share with, uh, with ISO on that too. Perfect. So, so what I hear you saying is just to clarify, you're saying that on one side, you have this kind of fuse light, this thing that's very simple, very inexpensive at a buy rate per mid for the ISO where they can either do an opt out or, or kind of mass, you know, make, make this available, this review thing. It only works with like Google. Then from that, you're of course going to get people that want to do more of a full blown SMS uh, text marketing program. Um, maybe send a higher volume of text or whatever. So then they'd be able to reach out to you, upgrade to that platform. And then you'd have kind of like an affiliate, you know, rev share uh, when, when they would, you know, upgrade their package is, is that kind of what you're saying that's that's correct they get all the other features and and it really is the ones that really want to use the the product to its full potential right um and they can select and, and scale up and down their 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 uh their package their pricing on that and then correct we do a, in a sort of an affiliate rev share with the iso Beautiful. Awesome. Well, Alex, this has been, uh, it's so, I, I think your idea is so unique, as you know, we've talked and I mean, I love it. I think it's awesome. I'm hoping that a lot of the ISOs will jump on this as kind of like, wow, this is a way to do potential opt outs. At the very least, it's something that, you know, you can make available to new accounts that are signing up. So I think it's kind of interesting. Um, I'm sure we're going to have people that want to learn more. Maybe an agent wishes their ISO offered this. They may want to share the information with them. Uh, ISO execs that are listening, where would you send them to learn more about, uh, about Fuse? Yeah, so to learn more, um, visit our website. Fuse is spelled F-U-Z, as in Zelda E, uh, financial.com. Um, go to that forward slash partners, partners, plural. 
um, or they can email me directly as well, alex at fusefinancial.com or um, give us a, a ring at the office, uh, 833-439-7293. Awesome. Give us that phone number one more time, Alex. Yeah, it's uh, 833-439-7293. And then you said the website was fuse, F-U-Z-E, financial.com, right? That's correct. Yep. Awesome. Man, Alex, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. I know our listeners got a lot out of that, and I just appreciate you taking the time for it. This is the Insider's Report with Patty Murphy, brought to you by The Green Sheet. For the past 36 years, The Green Sheet has been the go-to source for news, analysis, and educational tools that empower and connect payments professionals. If you're not reading The Green Sheet already, check it out on the web today at greensheet.com. You know, there's been a lot of talk around uh, faster payments over the past few years, and I just uh, completed an extensive article on the topic for GreenSheet and thought I'd share some of my findings. Awesome. In the world of payments, faster is always considered better. Appearances can be deceiving, however. When a consumer uses a platform like Zelle or Venmo, for example, to pay another person, it may seem like a real-time transaction, and it is on the front end, but settlement, which occurs on the back end, can be delayed by a day or more. Sure. And therein lies the reason why faster, or the holy grail of real-time payments, aren't going to be replacing credit or debit card payments at retail checkouts, at least not anytime soon. Sure. There are plenty of reasons for this, not the least of which is banks like collecting interchange and consumers like using credit and debit cards that are tied to rewards programs. Sure. And then, of course, there are the risks and the logistics of things like chargebacks. Sure. But the biggest reason why, in my mind is that any switch to real-time payments is going to require wholesale changes to back-office systems, which were designed to process transactions in a batch mode. Sure. And not only for the banks, but for the, for the businesses. Right. You right. know? Right. Um, so let's examine this using the example of the payment via Zelle. Okay. Uh, I in- initiate a debit from my checking account to go to you, James. Okay. At 9 a.m., let's say. Right. Okay? And within minutes, you're going to get a message that says, Patty sent you $100. You know, you're going to get a text So I have real-time notification. Right. But that money is in your account. It's provisionally credited to your account. Provisionally credited to my bank account? To your bank account. Oh, okay. Okay? But the actual clearing of that payment mm-hmm. is going to occur, occur through the ACH with settlement at the earliest, 8.30 the next morning. Okay, sure. And that is, of course, unless the next day is a national holiday, a Saturday, or a Sunday. Right, so it could be two, three days. Could be two or three days. I had that with a friend not long ago. I paid her, and we were going to a concert or something like that. I sent her the $100, and, you know, I sent it on Friday. Right. Thought the money had already been taken from my bank, and then when I see this $100 hit on Monday, I'm like, where'd that come from? You know, and I had to do backtrack. Oh, wait a minute. That, that was, was that Zell thing, you know? Yeah. You know, um, so anyway, the, uh, the 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 whole idea is, you know, with the faster ACH. We've had right. same-day ACH, for example. Right. Um, and that does make f- uh, for a faster payment mechanism. 
but nothing approximating real time. I mean, right. instead of processing through, you know, they process now two or three times mm -hmm. throughout the day instead of an, on an ongoing basis. Sure. The Federal Reserve is also building uh, infrastructure to support faster payments between any f financial institution, institution. Service called FedNow um, is supposed to be real time, but it's not right. expected to be available until at least 2024. I was going to say, I knew it was going to be several years. Yeah. yeah. There's only one real time payment network in the U.S. today. It's called RTP, and it's operated by the Clearinghouse, which is a payments consortium owned by a gaggle of large banks. RTP moves final and irrevocable payments between accounts of participating banks in seconds, either directly or through um, back-end processors. But only about two dozen banks currently send payments through RTP. Hmm. All the big banks. All the big banks. Now a spokesman said, oh, but we're adding banks every month. And I'm thinking to myself, but we have 10,000. Right. <laughs> you know? right. Right. Even if you're adding a hundred a month, it's going to take a long time. Right. Right. And a lot of the small banks are waiting for the Fed because they don't like, you know. Sending. I do have to say though. I mean, there's an enormous amount of money at stake for, you know, a, a network like that. Just because you know, imagine all of the uh, fintech stuff that we built on top oh, of it. Oh yeah. Insane. And that's exactly yeah. That's yeah. what they're that's that what that's what they're counting on. Hmm. Now, I talked with um, Steve Ledford, who's also a very old friend of mine. I've known him since we were both, neither of us had white hair, let's say. Right, um, right. And uh, he's, a, he's a payments uh, expert that I've, you know, relied on a lot. And he told me that, uh, you know, that RTP has been gaining traction with bill payments, P2P, and emergency disbursement applications. Okay. Okay, like, you know, there's a hurricane or tornado. Sure, we need money quickly. Right, need yes. money really fast, right? And um, he also told me that there's several new applications in the pipeline, including a pay-on-demand app that would allow businesses to make instant payments to workers. You know, the gig worker, mm, the gig economy, sure. you know. Oh, we use it all the time, so yeah. I sure, got you know okay. what I'm, right. And yeah. um, he says it's getting a lot of, uh, but when I said to him, okay, well, what about credit cards? What, a, you know, he's like, well, Patty, you know, it's a, it's quote, trickier, <laughs> as he sure. put it, to do instant payments at the point of sale. Um, you know, where Ledford sees the opportunity for RTP in the credit card space is to deliver um, faster funding to merchant accounts. Sure. It's almost like they could work with the acquirers. Exactly. In fact, that's yeah. what he said to me. He said, uh, mm, you know, quote, there could be this could be a real differentiator for merchant acquirers. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, a network like RTP could also prove beneficial to uh, merchant cash advance providers. Oh, of course. You know, Brian Riley, who's at uh, Mercator Advisory Group, was talking about this. Uh, he said it would make the process more efficient by ensuring quicker access to funds. You know, today, most of these disbursements are either by check or ACH. Mm -hmm. And uh, according to one report, they can, it can take up to 14 days for some of these disbursements to get to their sure. intended parties. Sure. A 2018 report by the consultancy Ate Group found that moving uh, these disbursements to a real-time payment network could generate between $1.2 billion and $2.4 billion a, a year, with most of that money going to dispersing parties. Sure. I mean, that's a significant piece of change. Yeah, definitely. So, hmm. you know. Interesting. So, I mean, you know, we hear a lot about real-time payments. I know we've gotten a couple questions over the last couple of years. Right. What does this mean for us? Right, sure. It might not mean anything per se. It's going to, it could op offer opportunities for better serving your merchants. Right, right. But, you know, we're not going to see real-time payments at the point of sale. Sure, and I think the closest right now is 
there are some ISOs and, and acquirers that have rolled out, you know, <clears throat> pay us an extra 1% to, to right. match up with Square. Sure. You know, to get instant funding. But to your point, it, that's not instant settlement. No, it's not. Yeah, interesting. Bob, yeah. good stuff, Patty. Yeah, thanks. This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by InstantQuoteTool.com. With over 30 training courses covering everything from sales objections to statement analysis, ISOs are using our learning management system to help new agents understand the industry and how to sell merchant services. Industry veterans love our courses because we dive deeper into concepts such as interchange and explore new industry trends like cash discounting, NFC, and the resurgence of American Express with the OptiBlue program. Put all of these training courses together with the leading proposal creation tool for merchant services agents in the field, and we believe our branded ISO solution and individual user package is a must-have. Visit instantquotetool.com today or email support at instantquotetool.com to learn more. So, Patty, I'm going to get off of my normal uh, sales track today, and uh, I want to talk about a question that I get asked a lot, and that is, you know, understanding the legality of cash discounting and surcharging. Very important. Very important. Now, uh, this is obviously one of these segments I'm going to preface by saying I'm not an attorney. This is not legal advice, but um, there was a uh, restaurant <clears throat> that was in the state of Kansas, uh, Wichita area, and this Wichita restaurant from what I can tell, was doing a 4%, um, I believe it was a cash discount, actually, is the way that it was kind of positioned. Mm-hmm. But um, it was it was not compliant. Um, it okay. was positioned as a surcharge, basically. Right. Um, and this restaurant was charging this 4%. Uh-huh. And uh, a consumer, from my understanding, is that a consumer reported them to the... Uh, state Consumer Protection or the State no, Attorney General? No, it was General? actually like the local... Where is it at here? I just found it a second ago. Um, yeah, the Kansas Consumer Protection Agency, right. <clears throat> uh, which then reached out to the Sedgwick County... Um, and anyway, long story short, this restaurant had to pay sixty thousand dollars in fines. Whoa, that's a big deal. That could put a restaurant out of business. Yeah, big deal. So pretty big restaurant, but they paid sixty thousand dollars in fees. So I want to talk about why this happened and kind of some things that agents and ISOs need to be aware of. Okay. Um, number one, you need to understand that there are still a few states, Kansas among them, that do have bans on surcharging. And you need to understand that in the you know great United States of America here, um, we have a situation to where a state law can dramatically change the effect of a federal law. Sure can. Right. And so, you know, with the Durban Amendment and all of that, you know, there's definitions in there about what a surcharge is, what mm-hmm. a discount is, things like that. Well, not surcharge, what a discount what is. What a discount is. When we're talking about this in like the state of Kansas, well, there are very specific laws in the state of Kansas, though, that actually supersede those that have right. a, more of a strict interpretation. Right. Um, and so the state laws really, really matter. And so there are a few of these states where you've got to be extremely careful. Kansas has these very stringent, I've read some of the laws, I mean, they're mm-hmm. very stringent to the point being ridiculous really um as far as what you can and cannot do right um and it's interesting because what this uh merchant said is is actually kind of sad um they they interviewed the merchant and the merchant kind of was talking about it and what actually happened was um i was going to try to find that quote here uh let's see here yeah so um the the lady says this the contact on tuesday the restaurant's lawyer paul uh, said that the restaurant made an unintentional mistake and took the word of a credit card company Ooh. who told him that issuing a surcharge was okay. 
He also said that the cafe did post signs informing customers of the 4% sur surcharge. Quote, he didn't do it right. And there was a technical violation of the state law that prohibits surcharges on any customer account and sales transaction. He has corrected the problem and we entered into a consent judgment. So what happened here is that there was a consent judgment, but he still had to pay all that. Oh, it had all been 60 fines. grand. Yes. Yeah. And Ooh. so, so again, a couple of things I really want to point out. Number one, be careful in these. There's not that many left and they're so like small. Like Colorado, Kansas, Massachusetts, Connecticut. and Connecticut. Connecticut. Right? And, they're, and they're so small, like, you know, just be careful. You yeah. don't want to be in the news like this. So be very careful. And then number two, be aware of the state laws that are governing this. Read the surcharge ban. Mm -hmm. There's things that you're going to need to do. If you Obviously, you can't surcharge there. Right. Um, but there's things you can do to make your cash discount program compliant. Um, but you have to read these state laws. Mm -hmm. And then finally, number three, be very careful how you're educating merchants. Yeah, um, that's the important about thing. these programs. Right. Because keep in mind, it's not like the district attorney's office, you know, sought out this merchant to find them. No. What happened is a consumer probably came in and mm -hmm. probably an employee that wasn't educated about what's happening. Yeah. They probably said, "What's this four percent?" And they said, "It's a surcharge." Right. Well, you can't surcharge in Kansas. No. So as a result. That customer, and, and they may have even had on the receipt a surcharge or something mm -hmm, like this. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened is, of course, that consumer went to the Consumer Protection Agency there in Kansas, and they, right. then that went to the Attorney General and down, on down the line. And so the idea is if you educate the, the merchants, right. help them to understand. You know, one of my big frustrations right now with this cash discounting and surcharging is that the agents are making it too easy. Like, mm -hmm. come on, you know, you're saving these people $1,000 a month. Do you really have to go further? Do you really have to lay it on of how easy it is and how right. they're going to have to do anything? Right. No. Because you're, you can't get anything for nothing. Right. I mean, right? You're, you're actually going to make more sales if you make it more of a thing. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. you're like they're thinking this is too good to be true. And when people is. Yeah, when people <laughs> say, you know, James, you're going to save me $1,000 a month. This is too good to be true. I say, you're right. It is too good to be true. The part I didn't tell you about is what you have to do. Right. So number one, you have to believe in this concept and take a risk on it. Mm -hmm. Number two, we've got to we have to educate your employees on how this works. Right. And number three is you have to then educate your customers mm -hmm. to make sure that they understand what you're doing and the rationale for it. And so what I tell them is I always tell them the same same line. I say, look, every single one of your employees needs to in order to come to work tomorrow, they have to memorize this line. And here's the line. Okay. Because of the rising cost of accepting payments, right. we had to implement a price increase on everything in our store. Mm -hmm. But that really didn't seem fair because some people pay with cash, right. which actually doesn't have that negative effect. Mm -hmm. That's why we're only having this price increase impact people that use a credit card. Right. They have to understand that concept. If they don't understand that concept and somebody comes in the next day, and I talked to people recently, I talked to several where it's like, you know, the business owner didn't even mention it to the employees. Ooh. So Ooh. a customer comes in and says, what's this 4%? And the employee says, I don't know what don't that's know. there for. I need to get rid of that. You know, like, come on. You know, like, you right? got to be smart about this. So understand cash discounting is not traditional processing. Mm -hmm. Understand that you might have to do a little bit of extra work here right. to educate them and, un and make sure the merchant understands there's some things they may have to do in order to save thousands of dollars a year. And I, and I think it's really incumbent upon the agent. You know, I had a, I had a, a guy come to my house not long ago. It was a plumber, I think. and. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, how much, you know, and I 
going into my wallet. What right. am I owe you? And he's right. like, well, it's going to cost you more if it's a credit card. And I'm like, stop right there. <laughs> that is not how you say it. Right. She's like, what do you mean? I said, you tell me that it would cost me less if I pay, if with, I cash. pay with cash. Right. He's like, well, it's, no, it's not. And I'm like, no, dude. I'm saying it's right. both, both from a marketing perspective right. as well as from a legal perspective. Right. You need, if you're going to be doing things. this, you need to get this right. But what went in my head afterwards is like, what the hell did his agent tell him that? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Well, and he may be implementing it on his own or whatever, but hopefully he's but got hopefully a he program. Was, but, right. but yeah, the idea is that the, the agent and the ISO really have got to start educating the merchants better with this they stuff. They really go out there, and if you're selling cash discounting, make sure you educate your merchants yeah. and make sure they educate their employees. And it's like, we can all do our part. We have this great opportunity. Oh, We're yeah. all making a lot of money at it. We're excited right. about it. Let's protect this opportunity by not screwing it up, yeah. by not making consumer protect the, the consumer advocacy groups are on our side right now let's keep yes it that keep way. it that way <laughs> exactly. so there you go there's some info on cash discounting if you want to look it up just look up uh the kansas merchants who was the name of this one here uh, yeah no that was the, the owner's name yeah just look up just look up kansas merchant this one is wichita restaurant to pay more than sixty thousand for overcharging customers using credit cards that's the title of it it was it was uh, published in the wichita eagle, eagle. Huge national publication there. The wish to tell Nyman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, all right, everybody, have a great day and uh, get out there and sell some cash discounting, but do it right. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production from greensheet.com and ccsalespro.com. We hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.